Well, a few of you are awake out there, right? It's good to be with you today and have the opportunity to speak to you this morning about uh, a message from God's Word. Before we begin, let's go to God in a word of prayer. Dear Lord, as we once again humbly bow before thy throne of grace and mercy, we thank you so much for this opportunity we have as Christians to come together and worship you in spirit and in truth. May all that we say and do here this day we come together and all other days that we come together is your body. May we do so in a manner well-pleasing in your sight. Lord, be with us as we study another portion of your word uh, this morning that we may make application of those things that we study to our lives so that we may be willing and able to teach others and bring many lost souls to you. Forgive us of our sins. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. If you will, take your Bibles and turn to Proverbs chapter 6, and we're going to look at a passage there beginning in verse 6. Now, many of you know that one of my very best qualities is a joke teller, right? Everybody agree that I'm a great joke teller? So, yeah, thanks, Greg. Amen. Right. So, uh, so I thought in, in following that and being such a good joke teller, I would open up our sermon this morning with a couple of jokes, okay? So are you ready? Now, humor me a little bit, okay? So our lesson this morning is entitled, Honk If You Love Jesus. Ever seen the bumper sticker, Honk If You Love Jesus? But we're tying it into lessons that we as Christians can learn from geese. Now, I have a bird expert up here. So, John Henderson, and I'm sure if I do anything wrong, he's going to correct me, right, John? He gives me the thumbs up. Okay, so our first goose joke for the morning. A goose goes into the pharmacist, and he says, do you have any grapes? And the pharmacist says, no, I don't have any grapes. So the goose leaves. The goose comes back the next day, goes into the pharmacist, he says, do you have any grapes? And he said, no, this is a pharmacist. I don't have any grapes. So the goose leaves. He comes back a third day. Do you have any grapes? The pharmacist says, no. Next time you come in, I'm going to nail your beak to the floor. The fourth day, the goose comes in. He says, do you have any nails? He says, no, I don't have any nails. He said, well, do you have any grapes? See, it wasn't that bad, right? Do you know what you call a crate of geese? A box of quackers. Okay, that's my two jokes for the day. Did I do good, Greg? Awesome. Proverbs chapter 6, beginning in verse 6. Lessons Christians can learn from animals, insects, and other things that we have in our everyday life. Lessons that we can learn as Christians and apply to our lives to be better Christians. That's a very important thing that we do as Christians, correct? So, in Proverbs chapter 6 and verse 6, Go to the ant, you sluggard. Consider her ways and be wise, which having no captain, overseer, or ruler, provides her supplies in the summer and gathers her food in the harvest. How long will you slumber, O sluggard? When will you rise from your sleep? A little sleep? A little slumber? A little folding of the hands to sleep? So shall your poverty come on you like a prowler and your need like an armed man. Jesus said we should look at the birds and consider the lilies. 
In Matthew chapter 6, beginning in verse 26, look at the birds of the air. For they neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns. Yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not more value than they? Which of you, by worrying, can add one cubit to his stature? So why do you worry about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. We can find some lessons from geese. Is that better? Can you hear me? It's not on. It is on. Where's my sound man? Oh, Martin. I'll speak louder until Martin gets back up there. <clears throat> so, um, ooh. Wowee. Is that better? It's brand new. Tommy tore it up. Didn't you? Sabotaged me. Well, I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> Maybe it'll fix itself in a second. <clears throat> so we can find lessons from geese that we as Christians can apply to our lives. Robert McNish, which was the associate um, superintendent of the, um, of the uh, Baltimore Public Schools back in 1972... Uh, wrote a message to his educators, to his teachers, about how we can learn lessons from geese. And so this sermon is kind of an adaptation of what he would have us... Good? Okay. Would have us to understand about lessons we can learn as geese, but we want to apply that then to lessons we as Christians can learn as geese, from geese, okay? So, lesson number one. Synergy is working together of two things to produce a result that is greater than the sum of their individual effects. Sounds complicated, doesn't it? Yeah? So a fact. As each goose flaps its wings, it creates an uplift for the birds that follow. By flying in a V formation, the whole flock adds 71% greater flying range than if each b bird flew alone. That's the fact. Now what lesson as we, we as Christians can we learn from that flocking together? People who share a common direction and sense of community can get where they are going quicker and easier because they are traveling on the thrust of one another. True? This is the principle of synergy. Just as I stated, two or more agents working together to produce, to produce a result that's not obtainable from that individual. You ever heard of nitroglycerin? Nitroglycerin's a little pill maybe that we put under our tongues for um, chest pain that vasodilates our, our veins and makes them bigger so that more blood flow can go to the heart and it can get more oxygen. Well, if you take nitrogen by itself and glycerin by itself, they don't have that same effect, do they? They don't. Which 
explains the biblical principle of two by two. Note, if you will, Mark chapter 6 and verse 7. And he called the twelve to himself and began to send them out two by two and gave them power over unclean spirits. I think the sound is working now, right? So he sent them out two by two. Well, how do we gain strength from our brothers and sisters in Christ? Because we're around them, because we fellowship with them, because they encourage us. They take off the drag, if you will, of that 71% and give us a boost in how we should act as a Christian. We surround ourselves with those who are like us. In Luke chapter 10 and verse 1, after these things the Lord appointed 70 others also, and He sent them out, how? Two by two before His face into every city and the place where He Himself was about to go. In the Old Testament, in Ecclesiastes chapter 4 and verse 9, two are better than one because they have a good reward for their labor. Do we as Christians really appreciate the wisdom of flocking together? Well, we should. We should flock together because it builds in our strength and our service to God. It builds our faith so that we can remain faithful unto death and receive that crown of life. So that is the first lesson then that we can learn as Christians from geese. Lesson number two, geese benefit from mutual edification. Fact. When a goose falls out of formation, it suddenly feels the drag and resistance of flying alone. It quickly moves to the back into formation to take advantage of the lifting power of the bird immediately in front of it. What lesson can we as Christians learn from this? If we have as much sense as a goose, we stay in formation with those headed where we want to go. If we have as much sense as a goose, we stay in formation for those going where we want to go. So we look at um, older brothers and sisters in Christ and the example that they set for us. And the life that they live by how we as Christians should live. Therefore, we're following someone that is going somewhere where we want to go. Most of us can think of a, a relative or a friend that is a, a wonderful Christian and been a wonderful influence in our lives. And we think about where they, where they are going and where, where they have gone. And it's a wonderful and uplifting thing for us as younger Christians to be influenced by them. We are willing to accept their help and give others help. Strong Christians appreciate the value of mutual edification. Tommy alluded to this morning in his Bible class of Hebrews chapter 10, and I want to note that here in just a moment, but in Hebrews chapter 3, beginning in verse 12, Beware, brethren, lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God, but exhort one another daily, 
while it is called today, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. For we have become partakers of Christ if we hold to the beginning of our confidence steadfast to the end. The verse that Tommy mentioned this morning, Hebrews chapter 10, he specifically mentioned verse 25, but I want to back up a verse, Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 24. And let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works, not forsaking the assembling of the saints together as the manner of some, but exhorting one another and so much more as you see the day approaching." We as Christians benefit from mutual edification by uplifting one another, by encouraging one another, by being there for one another. And note again, if you will, Hebrews chapter 3, it said that we are to exhort one another twice a week on Sundays, Wednesday evening Bible study, no Sunday evening worship, No, it says we are to exhort one another daily. Now, it doesn't say how we have to do that, does it? It says we're to exhort one another daily. If you want to exhort someone by calling them on the phone or sending them an email or getting on Facebook and putting something on their status, whatever the case may be, encourage one another daily. I will tell you in working in secular jobs that it is very difficult sometimes to get the encouragement that you need outside of your brothers and sisters in Christ. We need to encourage one another daily. Now it works marvelous if you have a spouse that's a Christian, right? Because you can exhort one another daily. But we as Christians are to benefit from mutual edification. We are to exhort one another daily. Mutual edification occurs within the context of the local church. Whereas a group of geese are called a skein in flight, a gaggle on the ground, a group of Christians is called a what? A church. The church. And thus we must benefit from that mutual edification. Lesson number three, geese share the burden. Fact, when the lead goose tries, tires rather, it rotates to the back of the formation and another goose flies to the point position. You ever watch bicyclists that that race bicycles? Similar to the pace lining of bicycling, where when the one in the front tires, they move to the back of that line of cyclists so that they can benefit from the uh, drag or from the uh, pull of those. In NASCAR, what do they call that? Drafting. Listen to Kathy, she knows. Drafting. So they are drafting from those in front of them. As with the geese, people are, in, are interdependent on each other's skills, their capabilities, their unique arrangements of gifts, their talents, and their resources. So what lesson as we, uh, we as Christians can learn from that? Well, we can learn as members of the body of Christ, we are to all do our part. 
In Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 16, if you would like to turn over there, over there Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 16, from whom the whole body joined and knit together by what every joint supplies according to the effective working by which every part does its share, causes growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love. We are linked to one another. We benefit from one another. We encourage one another. We're all in this together, right? Our ultimate responsibility is to get ourselves to heaven. Brian's ultimate responsibility is to get Brian to heaven. But you know what? I'm going to drag as many people there kicking and screaming as I can. And so should you. Too often, brethren burn out because other brethren won't help out. How about you? Are you doing your part? in this congregation to help out? Are you doing your part in the congregation where you worship to help out? Lesson number four from geese. Geese encourage those who lead. Geese encourage those who lead. Fact, the geese flying in formation honk to encourage those up front to keep up their speed. They kind of root them on, right? They encourage them. It is unlikely that they're complaining that they're going in the wrong way. The lesson we as Christians can learn is to encourage our leaders. We need to make sure honking is encouraging and not discouraging. In groups where there is encouragement, the production is much greater. As some will note in business, if your people are being encouraged to do right, they're encouraged to do a good job, then they do a better job, don't they? The power of encouragement to stand by one's heart or core values and encourage the heart and core of others is to the quality of the honking we seek. Such should be the purpose of our words, our honking, is to build up our leaders, to encourage them to lead us in the right direction. Have you ever been in a congregation? Uh, sadly, I've been involved in congregations where um, some uh, issue would come up that they're talking about uh, uh, the change agents in the church and they want to, uh, they want to introduce... Uh, women in the, in the worship service. Or, or perhaps they're talking about uh, marriage, divorce, and remarriage and they want to talk about that and change what the Bible really says about who can remarry. And so they'll take it to the elders, the leaders of the church, and have them study this. It's very strange to me that that hasn't already been studied that it hasn't already been settled. There's no more study that needs to go into that. So we as Christians should encourage our leaders, our elders, our deacons, our preachers, our Bible class teachers to do what is right, 
to encourage them to look to God's Word for the lessons that they can learn in their lives, making application of those words so that they don't lead us astray. What does the Bible say? If the blind lead the blind, they both what? Fall in the ditch. I've been in the ditch before. It's not too clean and it's not too fun. So we need to encourage those who lead. Let our honking be encouraging words rather than discouraging words. Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 29, Let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth, but what is good and necessary edification that it might impart grace to the hearers. Those are encouraging words, correct? Colossians chapter 4 and verse 6, Let your speech always be with grace, seasoned with salt, that you may know how you ought to answer each other. To give the bumper sticker another meaning, honk if you love Jesus and His brethren. Lastly, the last lesson that we as Christians can learn from geese and I'm sure there are many more, but this is all we're going to cover this morning. Geese care for one another. They care for one another. Fact, when a goose gets sick, wounded, or shot down, two geese drop out of formation and follow it down to help and protect it. They stay with it until it dies or it is able to fly again. And then they launch out with another formation to catch up with the flock. What lesson can we learn? If we have as much sense as the geese, yet again, we will stand by each other in difficult times as well as those when we are strong. Another benefit of working together is a duty of spiritual brethren. Note, if you will, Ecclesiastes chapter 4 and verse 10. For if they fall, one will lift up his companion, but woe to him who is alone when he falls, for he has no one to help him up. Galatians chapter 6, beginning in verse 1. Brethren, if a man is overtaken in, his trespass, in any trespass, you who are spiritual, restore such a one in the spirit of gentleness, considering yourself, lest ye also be tempted. Bear one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. We are to encourage one another. We as Christians have a responsibility to ourselves to get ourselves to heaven. We also have a responsibility to one another you know, it was very interesting to me uh, years ago, and, and many of you will remember this, when Hillary Clinton said, it takes a village. Do you remember that? We were all in an uproar over that. And, and, uh, and the way she was saying it, I disagree with her. But when we do it with the right attitude and the right encouragement from the right position and the right character, Meaning, meaning that this is our background, then we as Christians, as a church, as a body of Christ, can encourage one another and can help one another and can ultimately help one another get to heaven and receive that reward.
By instinct, God gave geese the wisdom to succeed in their flight and their migration. By His Word and by His creation, God gives us wisdom to succeed in our spiritual journey of receiving that heavenly reward. There may be some here this morning who may have never considered lessons from the goose. Who perhaps maybe even their honking is one of discouragement rather than encouragement. Who need their brethren to encourage them. Perhaps you're a Christian already and you've fallen away from your responsibilities as a Christian. And you need the prayers and thoughts and encouragement of your brothers and sisters in Christ. We should be encouraging you. We should be uplifting you. We should be edifying you. And we want to do that. If you aren't a Christian, God's Word is so wonderful and so powerful. And the only way by which you can make it to heaven... We must hear the Word of God as we have here this morning. We must believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. Repent of our sins. Stop sinning on purpose. Have that change of mind. We must confess with the mouth that Jesus Christ is the Son of God and be buried in that watery grave of baptism, raised to walk in newness of life. Then we, once becoming a Christian, must edify and uplift one another. We must encourage one another to keep on keeping on living our life as a Christian so that one day we will receive that reward of heaven. If you have a need to respond to the Lord's invitation this morning, whatever your need may be, we offer you that invitation now as together we stand and as we sing. Someday you'll stand at the bar of the question of life what will your answer